listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim, and welcome to Mornings with Mubaraka, where we talk about national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. So today we are talking about the future of American healthcare and uh, all of the things that have been going on in the news about the repeal of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. I think that it has dominated the news feeds over the last (laughs) week or so because as they promised, and we can't say that they have not been true to their their word, um, so uh, as the saying goes, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. (laughs) This has been the election season of bringing truth to that statement. (laughs) They said that the first thing that they were going to do, they meaning the GOP, (laughs) said the first thing that they were going to do was to repeal Obamacare. It's which is also the Affordable Care Act. And let's clarify that because a lot of people are confused (laughs) and they have begun their process of doing so. So uh, today to uh, talk to us about this and kind of navigate us through. And she's also helped me navigate what what in the world is going on. Khadija Gorna is with us. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Babarka. So let me tell you uh, a little bit about Khadija and her experience in this industry. She is the person to ask. Okay, so Khadija is a program manager for the American Muslim um, at Moms, I'm a campaign director at Moms Rising. Oh, okay. She's a, okay. So I have an old bio. I have an old bio. That's <laughs> okay. okay. Do you want, shall I jump in and introduce yes, myself? I'll please. do that. So I'm a campaign director at Moms Rising, which is a nonprofit that um, engages on policy issues that affect women and children. And my history, as you've known me, has been working as a program direct, uh, program manager, which is what you were referring to. Um, engaging on the Affordable Care Act, making sure people understood what it was and enrolling and uh, knowing what options they had under the Affordable Care Act. And that's how we've spoken about it in the past. Mm -hmm. And so right now at Moms Rising, we've had to rethink how we're engaging because, as you've said, there are promises from the GOP that they will repeal the Affordable Care Act. So. We're working on not just educating people on what it is, because that is a really important point, Mubaraka. Many people weren't aware that Obamacare is the Affordable Care Act. Yes, I have seen. It's actually been quite entertaining sometimes when you see the videos on social media of people being like so against Obamacare, but they love the Affordable Care Act. And so it's and some of the other in, another interesting thing that I've um, I've seen come across my feed is that since the um, the GOP has started to repeal it, that the approval rate for Obamacare has gone up. So I think people are actually realizing like, oh, this is the same thing and I need it. Exactly. I think that one of the things that we've always done and one thing that I'm really happy to be here about is because it's an important thing about the Affordable Care Act. And the reason that it's become so political is because it's been talked about in political terms. People haven't really understood what it meant to them. And now as the possibility of it being repealed is up, 
people are understanding this means that my children won't be able to stay on my health insurance, pre-existing coverage won't be covered. That And something incredibly important that I want to speak to you about today is that it also means that people who got Medicaid coverage over the last few years, who wouldn't have qualified before, but qualified under the um, Medicaid expansion, that all will be taken away as well. But what are, what are some of the, the the demographics that that includes? Like, is it people that had certain health care issues or certain ages? Like, what did the Medicare expansion do? Okay, so the Medicaid expansion, the the Medicaid is actually one of the most excellent healthcare programs and cover and sources of coverage that we have in this country but it only qualif- it only covered mostly children uh, people who had people with disabilities and it did cover pregnant women for people for low income households that for example if you were a single a single person it depends on which state you're in but generally you would have to earn only no more than around eleven or twelve thousand a year to be able to qualify for Medicaid. Mm. So the Medicaid expansion stretched that out and included more people in it. And why that's so, so the impo- income level went up. It went up, and that's so important because, as many people have said, the insurance premiums are not for everybody. Even with subsidies, not everybody can afford to buy health insurance. So the Medicaid expansion was really important in covering those people who earned more than Medicaid qualified you, um, the Medicaid cutoff was, and weren't quite able to afford health insurance. I'm incredibly proud that Connecticut was one of the states that expanded Medicaid, but not all states did. There's some states which, um, it, the originally, the way that um, the Affordable Care Act was the Affordable Care Act and Obamacare, which is the same thing, was designed was for Medicaid expansion to happen in all the states. That provision of the law was struck down by the Supreme Court and allowed states to make that decision. What this means is that in states such as Florida and Texas, they decided they weren't going to expand Medicaid. And that means that a lot of people fell into a coverage gap where they couldn't afford the premiums on the marketplace, but they didn't qualify for Medicaid. And this, Mubarak, actually is one of the reasons that there was some dissatisfaction with the Affordable Care Act. People were saying, well, I can't afford it, not realizing that they were in states where the Medicaid expansion that should have happened didn't. Mm, Wow. So if here's a couple of um, facts about the Affordable Care Act. So what the Affordable Care Act did was 20 million people nationwide, nationwide enrolled in the Affordable Care Act between Medicare, Medicaid, Marketplace, and young people staying on their parents' plan. Um, and I know when I first uh, initiated this conversation with Khadija, it, for me, you know, we have, we have private insurance, uh, you know, Good insurance, as in quotations, as as they tell tell us, because <laughs> my husband works for the city, um, and I don't, and even my family did not actually realize that the Affordable Care Act affected us. So my first reaction was, I understand that my children, who are uh, three, who are eighteen, twenty one, and twenty three, that they're on our insurance because of the Affordable Care Act, and so I was like. Oh, my God. And none of them have full time jobs. 
where they have medical coverage. So I was really, really concerned about that part of it. And so I think that that's important to point out because a lot of people are under the impression, oh, this was just for people who didn't have insurance. Like it didn't affect me. I have a job. I have insurance. You know, my kids are covered and they didn't really realize that this actually affected everyone. Yes. And beyond that, I think that the it was very easy to attack the Affordable Care Act because the it, a lot of the some of the provisions were front facing things that you knew about. Oh, you can find coverage or go on that marketplace. So the marketplace where you look for health insurance coverage became the full Affordable Care Act in people's eyes. Mm. But that wasn't it to the Affordable Care Act. As you pointed out, it had rules that were given to insurance companies that you have to provide insurance, which doesn't um, doesn't uh, block people who have pre-existing coverage, which allows people to keep their children on their uh, their children on their health insurance. Another really important thing is women's coverage. It allows you, it provides for women to go and get preventative care checkups free of charge. It allows, and then even in the background also, it did some really important work in terms of modernizing how healthcare works. Moving from those paper records that you used to have at the doctor's house, it gave community health centers money to um, to work on electronic health records. Why does that matter to you? Because it has a more efficient system so that when you go in to see the doctors, they know about your medical history and so they can treat you better. Mm. All those things are important. And all of these things were important also because they saved money. And for the first time in years, the amount of money that we spent as a nation on healthcare costs was decreasing. Why is that so important? Because healthcare is one of the biggest chunks of our national budget. And if we aren't able to control it, yes, we were going to have problems in terms of making sure that we can afford to pay it. So the Affordable Care Act was really important, not just the front-facing stuff, but the back-end stuff, which did things like this. It controlled costs. It made sure that we had electronic health records. It made hospitals more financially stable. I want to talk about this because this is a really important thing that people don't realize. Without the Affordable Care Act, hospitals are going to lose billions of dollars and then what happens if hospitals are unable to get so but so backtrack why yes. would hospitals lose money without the affordable care act because hospitals have to treat you you know when you go to a hospital you will be treated whether or not you have coverage if you don't have coverage what ends up happening is that that becomes uncompensated care mm, okay. and also Uncompensated care means that the hospital will never get that money back. Have you ever wondered why hospital costs are so high? Is because they have to factor in some of that uncompensated care, but they can't take it all on. Things have gotten better for hospitals under the Affordable Care Act. People have more health insurance. So two things are happening. One, when they come in, they have coverage that, that pays for their care. And the second thing that's happening is that people aren't waiting for their medical conditions to get so bad. You know, a lot of people, that's that's their primary source of coverage, right. that you wait until things get so bad that you go to the emergency room. And that's a much more difficult way to manage, a much more expensive way to manage healthcare. 
So if you have coverage, two things happen. First of all, there's a drop in uncompensated care. And then the second thing that happens is that people manage their health conditions. So those, it's much less expensive. Mm. So it's, as I was saying, that it's, it's important things like you're able to keep your children on your coverage, but it's also that it's supporting our hospital system, which is necessary for our health care. What happens when our hospitals aren't able to stay open? Mm, absolutely. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mornings with Mubaraka on 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio, also streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. And today we are talking about the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, and the future of healthcare in America with Khadija Gurna. And we... As we have this conversation, what comes to mind for me is um, all of the people that I know who do have pre-existing conditions, people who I know who has gone without, you know, I have friends and family who have gone and everything that you mentioned, and I can think of somebody who fits into that category. Recently, last month, my sister um, got really sick. She lives in Massachusetts and her hospital actually does not have, a, um, and doctors do not share electronic records. And I didn't realize how important that was until she got sick. So she was waiting for a surgery. And so she was dealing with two different doctors and her conditions just kind of slipped through the crack and she actually ended up in the hospital and having to get three blood transfusions in a matter of 24 hours because she had lost so much blood and the doctor literally stood in front of us and he's like, I apologize that it has gotten this bad because we did not, we did not communicate with one another. He's like, this is the, he admitted and apologized and said, this is the result of the fact that, your symptoms just slipped. You're like one doctor knew about one symptom, but not another. And I sat there and um, and I was thinking to myself, wow, I didn't realize how incredibly important that was. I remember the transition here and going to the doctor and her, her saying, OK, this is going to take a minute because we're getting used to the electronic system. And but I, and I didn't realize how important it was until I was put in that situation that she was sick because they did not have that they were not able to communicate electronically. And so, and, you know, and I I also have a friend who for several years, her children qualified for healthcare coverage, but she was in that gap where she had no healthcare coverage. And so I don't think that, uh, that, that we think about those people. And there's a lot of them who are kind of like in between the gap of, of making this such an important issue. Um, So uh, as we know, they have already uh, the the Senate and the House have already started to vote on the repeal of Affordable Care Act. In fact, the Senate vote was 51 to 48, almost directly along party lines. <laughs> and the House vote was 227 to 198, again, along um, um, party lines. They're looking to repeal and replace, but they have nothing to replace it with thus far. So what happens what happens in this process of replacing? What happens if it's repealed, but there's no replacement? That's a great question. And so what has happened right now is that there's 
the, the Affordable Care Act is a whole series of regulations. So the one thing that I would like to start off with is that it's not going to disappear overnight. There's no way that can happen because there's a whole lot of regulations in place that you would have to take apart. And so that, that cannot happen right away. What can happen is that uh, we make the decision to start taking it apart. And so that's what the budget, it was actually a budget resolution vote. And the budget resolution vote was voting on um, to start, they agreed that they would start making some decisions about taking away some of the funding for the Affordable Care Act. So that's what happened. And there's still a long process ahead. So you don't, so so they don't kind of like say, we repeal this particular uh, and it's law. Gone. It doesn't they, happen. They, they just don't fund it. So this is the real danger. This is this is one of the biggest dangers right now is that the funding goes away because for many, many people, the Affordable Care Act wasn't about insurance. It was about getting um, subsidies so that they could afford insurance plans, right? So there's, there's two things that happened for most people for the, uh, the Affordable Care Act. It was the subsidies, but it was also the laws that were in place that people with pre-existing conditions couldn't be excluded so that they could get it. So probably the biggest danger we face right now is that the funding, the subsidies go away. And if those subsidies go away, it doesn't mean that the health insurance will go away. It's that it will become not affordable. The second danger we're in is that the regulations, such as the pre-existing conditions, such as keeping your children on your health insurance, those regulations will go away. So that's the second thing that I think the funding issue is the more pressing one. Um, uh, and is more, yeah, it's the more pressing one. And so those are the two things. The Affordable Care Act won't disappear overnight, but what can happen is that premiums are going to go up and it will be less affordable. So that at Moms Rising, at Moms Rising, that's what we're, we're re, we want to talk about. We want to push back about. You can go on our website or our Facebook page, www.momsrising.org. And we're collecting your stories, the stories that you told me, Mubaraka. There's so many stories like that. And we want to make sure that your, our lawmakers hear those stories. We are calling the lawmakers. We're encouraging you to call them. We are visiting them. Um, we're writing about these stories because we want to make sure that your coverage is protected because this isn't about health insurance. And from the very beginning, the whole time I've been working on the Affordable Care Act, I've been saying this isn't about health insurance. This is about health care. This is about our wellness. These stories that you're telling me, Mubaraka, those are the most important thing that we need to start speaking about. The fact that your sister had to go through that. Those are stories that need to be lifted up because otherwise this becomes a lot about technicalities, about funding, about this is not what this is about. This is about our families and making sure that we keep people alive. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to WNHH 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. And we're talking about uh, the future of American health care. So in Connecticut, um, what has happened for with since the Affordable Care Act is um, for New Haven County in particular, 85 percent of New Haven County has health insurance, which is great. It's fantastic. Um, uh, one of the things that so as 
as Khadija mentioned, that the Republicans feel like they're skyrocketing premiums and high deductibles and fewer choices are the things that they are are saying the reasons why they want to repeal the the act. But I think that there's a balance between kind of like nothing is perfect. So we're not saying Affordable Care Act is perfect. There are some gives and takes. But um, to your point, I think that the the gives is certainly higher than the takes. and even though it I know one of the things when you talk about premiums, you said that people's premiums uh, uh, um, will rise. So is that something that can happen? You know, you get a notice to say next month instead of two hundred dollars, we need six hundred dollars. So how does that work or do do are people going to be allowed to stay on whatever their premium plan is for a certain amount of time? How does that work for people? So one thing I can tell you right now is that. The marketplace is open right now. You can go on www.healthcare.gov and find a plan, sign on to it, and you are under contract. That means that whatever the contract says that you're paying, you'll be paying for the next year. So that's so it's one year contract. A one year contract, right? So that if you're concerned about your premiums, that that's what I would do right now. I would go on right now and lock in uh, a plan right now, and that's a contract you'll be you'll be under for a year. After that, what happens is we don't entirely know, Mubaraka. We don't entirely know because we are in new ground. We've mm-hmm. never had this kind of healthcare reform and we've never had it repealed. Mm-hmm. But what I can tell you about is what happens when it's not around. So I'm going to give you, and I'm going to give you the story of Medicaid. I'm going to speak specifically on Medicaid. So the reason that Medicaid is so important and the Medicaid expansion under the Affordable Care Act is so important, is that it is one of the leading programs that we have in this country that actually addresses intergenerational poverty. Mm. It lifts up black and Latino and disabled families. It takes, and the way it does that is that, you know, one of the biggest ways of, one of the leading causes of bankruptcy and debt is healthcare expenses. Mm. So when it covers people, it makes sure that those families aren't being pushed further and further into debt. The second thing it does is that it actually, there's actually a really strong tie between kids who are covered by Medicaid and them graduating from high school, them going on to college and their lifetime earnings. Mm. So having Medicaid actually protects wealth Mm. in these in, in, our, in our communities, it protects wealth in our communities. Not having it. You take a look at Medicaid here in Connecticut and take a look at Medicaid in a state like Texas. Even though we had the Affordable Care Act, maternal mortality, mortality rates in Texas for black women are as high as in places such as Bangladesh. Wow. Black women in Texas are dying at rates that you see Is in that places because of like less coverage? They, so the studies that have come out on that show that 60% of the deaths, 60% of those deaths occur after the, remember I said that it covers, Medicaid covers women when they're pregnant? Mm-hmm. 60% of the deaths in, in Texas happen after the Medicaid coverage has ended, has stopped. Wow. So you're talking about with Medicaid expansion and protecting Medicaid, you're not only talking about protecting black, Latino, and disabled families. 
you're also talking about saving black lives in a very tangible way. So I could get to the Affordable Care Act and the kind of impact that it will have on our nation, but you just have to look at Medicaid and how important it has been to addressing a lot of the problems that we have because a huge problem in the black community, huge problem, is intergenerational wealth. Absolutely. You start off children born, um, black children, come into the world with less wealth than their Caucasian counterparts, and they can never catch up. Medicaid helps that. Mm. Medicaid helps that. So protecting Medicaid is protecting, is improving our ra- uh, the problem that we have with racial inequity in this country. So people, you heard that, that, that this is more than just about, uh, it's more than just about premiums, more than just about uh, who, uh, how much you have to pay for your um, deductible. It's really a, really an all encompassing, it's a public health issue. And um, one of the, it's a justice issue, social justice, social justice, public health. And so if you are, I think if anybody are concerned about any of those things, then this is something that they should certainly be concerned about. So here, here is, here's a question that I have, and hopefully you can, uh, you can answer. So I feel like in Connecticut, I am proud of our representatives. Absolutely. We have a, I almost feel when I'm watching the news that, wow, I really live in a bubble in Connecticut because we are for, you know, I am an advocate for all, all the things that I'm an advocate for, I feel like my representatives in, on a state level and Absolutely. on a federal level are fighting for the same thing. But the flip side of that is I feel a little bit um, disempowered, though, to what do I because I can I mean, I don't have to call Senator Chris Murphy and <laughs> Rosa Delora and say, like, this is not good. They already know they're fighting <laughs> for it. But so who do I call in Connecticut that can how do I help when besides my my own representatives, because they're on my side? I think that the things that we're talking about here, Mubaraka, um, you've, in this conversation, and we've spoken a lot about the Affordable Care Act, right? And you're just, even though you're well informed, that you didn't know how important these pieces were, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you don't know, how many people in this nation don't know? So this is not, it's not just about calling our representatives, who I'm very proud of. Don't you think that every time that we're talking about some kind of wonderful policy that protects children and families, you see our representatives Absolutely. there. <laughs> and I'm like, I, that's Connecticut. That's us. That's Connecticut. That's us. I'm so proud when it comes to refugees, when Absolutely. it comes to all kinds of things, gun laws, you know, Absolutely. our representatives are front and center. Absolutely. So I think that big part Connecticut can play is in storytelling. To make sure that we get this information out so that the story doesn't become just about premiums, but about cost savings. But And this is the interesting thing. Like we're talking about cost savings, premiums are too high. But in net, healthcare reform is actually saving us money and lives. It's saving mm. us money and lives. We have to make sure that we take back that narrative. Mm. We have to take back that narrative and make sure that the story that gets out there about healthcare reform is this story because it's not just saving money in the short term. It's saving money in the long term and it's empowering 
black communities to make sure that black children born today not only have a higher chance of living, but a higher chance of having an equitable chance of getting a decent job, right? Mm. So why would we not invest in that? Why would we not invest in that? If we're talking about investing in our country, here's a way that is proven that we can invest in our country. If it costs money, which it does, but the kinds of cost savings and the kinds of investment that it's giving us far outweighs any short-term costs. So that is the narrative. You, Mubarak, are powerful. You have a great Facebook following, Twitter following. These are the narratives that I personally would ask for you to get out there. Which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do the show. Like, I felt like that my my advocacy or my commitment to uh, the process of during this administration is, I said, I want to have the hard conversations. I want to make sure that we are, that if I have a platform to get the voices what that would not otherwise be heard, to make sure that I use that platform for them to be heard, because I think that that's really the only that it well that's the way that I choose not the only way that's the way that I choose to uh my form of resistance my form of protest and I think that we all have a voice in that um there is there was a and I I I've, you if you've listened to me any time for a while you've probably heard me say this before but it was such a a uh, a moving and a life affirming quote for me there was an, an older woman in one of our community me- meetings, Miss um, Bracey, and she said, um, she said, let the walkers walk and let the talkers talk because everybody got a job to do. Wonderful. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I have been quoting I love that it. for the last year and a half. <laughs> but I, you're a talker and a walker, Mubaraka. You're a talker and a walker. We're so, going to do both, right? Well, we're going to try. We're going to try. We're going to do know. both. So we, um, and so I, and I, I took that really as a, really as a kind of like a directive in my life. It's like, I don't do everything because, you know, people are constantly asking me like, I, like a lot of people, are, are you going to the march? I'm like, no, not going to the march. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it the week after yeah. <laughs> on the radio show. So everybody has their part to do. And I, I so and it also gave me kind of like permission of you don't have to do everything. Find something right. that you're good at. And right. you do. And you know what that reminds me of? And this is a little probably a, a tad bit off topic, but not totally off topic. You, um, you know, uh, um, two, three years ago when I had uh, dinner with uh, President Obama, um, one of the things that one of the gentlemen at the table asked before he left the table, he said, ask me anything. He's like, anything that you just been, you just been dying to ask me, just ask me. And I, and we were all caught off guard because we didn't expect like, oh, we don't have any limit as to what we can ask. So everybody was like, uh. <laughs> but then one gentleman, he says to him, he said, um, he said, what is it that keeps you going? Like when you have so much opposition, uh, opposition what is it that keeps you going? And um, he said a, a lot of things that, that I've, that I've, uh found inspiration in but one of the things that he said he said I know what I'm good at he said I know that I am not a details person I am good at looking at the big picture and getting the right people in the room to solve the problem and he said so I focus on what I'm good at that was one of the the one of one part of the answer his answer was much longer but I think that that goes to 
I think that that's something that I find inspiration in, even in this particular time, right? right? You don't have to do everything, but find something that you can make a difference in and stick to that, right? <laughs> so I think that that's, um, for me, that was really inspirational. And I, and I reflect on that a lot because being in and be, being a person that has lots of intersections of being black, being a woman, Absolutely. being a Muslim, Muslim. Yes. being a wife of a police officer. There's right. lots of intersection. And so I often feel pulled in lots of different directions. But I think that it's really important um, that we just we don't have to do all of those things. You do what you can. Um, and and I think that this is this is a good intersection because you're talking we're talking about the Affordable Care Act. But there's a voice which isn't heard as loudly as it should be because it's a very important voice. And that is the advocacy for black children mm, and for the black community. Right. And those are some of the things we've talked about today. But that is a large part of what you do. A lot in, in all the things you do, you've always talked, you've always been an advocate for the black community. Absolutely. So here you are with the Affordable Care Act. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to call your senators, which I strongly encourage, but <laughs> you don't have to do that. But you can lift up the voices and make sure people understand what this means. Absolutely. What health care uh, reform means to the black community. Absolutely. So you have a strong role in this. And I'm really proud to be here with you today. Awesome. And I hope it makes a difference. Uh, I really do. I, I think that we will because the, the same, I mean, I can say the same thing very back at you is that the, the work that you do around this and bring an advocacy to this, to this issue, just with the Affordable Care Act, it's really important. And I think that, um, that we recognize that it's not just about, I think I tagged you on a post the other day. It's not just about us who have health care. Like you right. have to understand how it affects us as a nation. And we have to be concerned about the entire nation. It's right. not just, just Absolutely. me. Right. So Absolutely. poverty doesn't just affect the poor. Um, and what, because as they say, or, or I think it was, uh, it was, was it Malcolm X that said, whatever doesn't affect you directly will affect you indirectly. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's, this is about the kind of, and this is, it's about the kind of nation that we want to be part Absolutely. of. Absolutely. What kind of nation do we want to be in the United States? Are we going to allow for black women to be dying at the same rates as countries such as Bangladesh? Mm -hmm. Are we going to be allowing more and more people to slip into medical debt? Are we going to allow people to die of pre-existing health conditions because they can't find health insurance coverage? Are we going to allow for that? Is this what our nation is? And one thing that I'd like to make sure everybody understands is that, yes, there's a lot of talk about repeal right now. There's also conversations around replace, but no decisions have been made. This is our nation. We have a chance to make our voices heard, to make sure that whatever comes forward is what we choose. And when we talk about our, when we talk about reaching out to our representatives, we're talking about uh, reaching into Washington to the people that represent our particular state. And so people have to. So I, I want I say that because I think that sometimes in my conversations that people um, don't know who exactly to reach out to. OK, so you're not re not necessarily your state representatives because you have state representatives. We know like here in uh, Connecticut, we have Gary Holder Whitfield. We have uh, Robin. They are not the ones that's voting in Washington. You want yes. to reach out to your yes. Congress and Senate. So the, be the best way to do things like this. And 
I'm not just talking about Moms Rising because I work for them. I'm talking about them because they're fantastic. Um, but if you follow Moms Rising, we keep abreast of issues related to healthcare, related to um, SNAP, related to childcare, related to fa- paid family leave. And so when there's action to be taken, we actually give you that information. We say, here's who you call and this is what you can say and we guide you through it. So that's that's another way, like you're saying, walkers got to walk, talkers got to talk. So um, this is a way that you don't have to figure all those things out by yourself. We have it and we will share it with you. Just join us, you know, okay. so, follow and, us. And you can find Moms Rising on Twitter and you can find them Facebook on Facebook. And www.momsrising.org. And so is mom, is mom, so tell me a little bit about Moms Rising. Is it a, it's an advocacy organization. Can people join it or absolutely. is it, so how, absolutely. how does that work? Absolutely. We have a million members. Awesome. Yes. And we work on differing issues. We work on racial justice issues. We work on, we work on racial justice issues. We work on healthcare. We work on paid family leave. We work on affordable child care. We work on policies related to children and families. So is it a lobby organization? We're not a lobby organization. Okay. Um, there is Most of our work is around, as I was telling you, storytelling, letting people know what's happening, encouraging people, giving them the tools they need mm-hmm. to, make sh- to um, engage with their lawmakers. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, awesome. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mornings with Mubaraka on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio, also streaming live on newhavenindependent.org. And today we are talking about the Affordable Care Act and advocacy around uh, saving it with Khadija Gorna. And we are... um, and we're we've get we've got we've gotten a lot of information out there that this is not just about health care, that this is social justice, that this is economic justice. This is lifting people out of poverty and breaking the cycle of generational poverty. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's an eye opener for me. So, you know, you, I'm, you know, you totally got me on that one to. because I have to say I didn't I, I didn't connect those two dots see this is why i love this show i get to learn so much stuff <laughs> i actually have uh, i'm and i'm going to share for you if you can you know put it on your facebook post there's actually research that shows that children on medicaid black children who are on medicaid are more likely to live into their teenage years wow wow so not just not just not just it, so it doesn't just affect the mortality rate of mothers but also of children of children and it mm-hmm. like i said what other program do you know specifically helps the most vulnerable amongst us mm, absolutely and we and and it's i think it i'd like to live in a nation where i know that even in our imperfection that we are always striving to absolutely. lift up those who absolutely. are the most vulnerable because we are only as strong as our weakest link Absolutely. And I absolutely believe that. And I think that that's the America. I'd like to believe that's the America that we all like to live in. And and that's that's what I think me and you, Mubaraka, both agreed on, that that's the America we're working towards. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. So in closing, let us tell us again, um, uh, give us a couple of action steps. What can what do we need to do today in order to help? uh make our voices heard that we that we want to keep 
the Affordable Care Act, that we want to make sure that people maintain their coverage and that this I, isn't repealed. Thank you. So the I would really start by checking out Moms Rising because there's so many details to this and it applies to differently to everybody. So it can give you, um, check out Moms Rising, share your stories. We want to hear your stories. Mubaraka, if you want to blog for us, <laughs> we would love that. We want to hear your stories. We want you to call your representatives. We want you to to join us because we're going in and we're going to do everything to make sure that we protect um, health care reform for our children and families in this country. And we would love, we would love it if you would join us in that fight. Absolutely. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of your Wednesday Morning Voice on Mornings with Mubaraka at 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio also streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Here at Mornings with Mubaraka, we talk about national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. And I invite you to join us every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. And if you miss a show, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can just uh, look up New Haven Indie or Mornings with Mubarka. If you search either one of those, you'll be able to find us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Share this. Let everybody know that this is more than just about the premiums and the deductibles. It's a healthcare law that affects all Americans. Um, and, I, and I believe it affects every American in some way. It does. <laughs> so um, you want to make sure that you share this and you uh, talk about it. And you never know what knowledge that you can share, even if you have 100 Facebook friends or, you know, 25 Twitter followers. You never know, <laughs> you know, how many people uh, will learn something from what you've been talking about. So I want to thank you for joining me and I want to invite you to join me next week. Next week we'll be talking with uh, a few ladies who's going to attend the One Million Women's March down in Washington on the 21st. So join us next Wednesday. And this is Mornings with Mubaraka reminding you to be a voice and not an echo.